0: Hello everybody. Um welcome back to Midwest Madness after a week hiatus.
1: Happy 2022.
0: Yes. Um you're very quiet. And I think I you need point. to turn oh, your
1: Sorry, folks, we're doing some adjustments because somehow my headphones are dead again. So apparently I just need to bring them home and charge them every week.
0: Yeah, apparently. Um whoops, sorry. Okay. <laughs> So, 2022, that's what yes we were room. talking about. I have more energy today than I did last time, so.
1: So we don't have to whip through them, because yeah. I felt bad.
0: i sorry. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah. Wasn't Nobody seemed
1: mad about it, so. Best episode, so. <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, do you want to talk about what we did for New Year's really quick? And um, I hope everyone had a good Christmas, do you? Yeah recorded since before Christmas. God, that's
1: crazy. It feels like it's been not that long and also way longer. Um, so Christmas Eve, we had Christmas Eve brunch with our big fam group, which is always fun. Uh, we went bowling, hung out with fam, that was great. And then for the new year I headed into South Dakota to see one of my best friends, Emmeline, and her family. It was super fun. Um, I saw another friend while, a couple other friends while I was out there. So as much crap as I love to give South Dakota, um, that's where a lot of my friends are. So, still give it crap though. How was your uh, New Year's?
0: It was. I mean, I, I was sick. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had gotten my booster shot because gorgeous, gorgeous girls get their booster shots. <laughs> um, and also,
1: girls with Disney trips planned.
0: Not even that. It's I just. That's n- why I come. <laughs> needed to get it. So, um, yeah, I had my booster shot Thursday night. And I woke up fine Friday morning, and I went to the gym because I didn't work. And then by mid-afternoon,
1: I spiked a fever. So I was in bed and asleep by 10.30. I'm sure Sirius loved that. No, he hated it. He was mad? He was mad at you? He was bored. Oh. Yeah, it was bad, actually.
0: And then he wouldn't go to the bathroom, and
1: I was sick, and I had to bring him outside. Yeah. Because normally he just is a little love as he's got his little head on your shoulder and
0: yeah it was sad sad,
1: but what a bummer
0: i mean i don't really like the new year anyway so it's perfect for me
1: (laughs) that's a good point yeah um you've never been like let's party hardy
0: it's not even that it's just that i feel like there's Uh, so much pressure to like do something really fun on new year's yeah that it just, like, almost makes it not fun for everyone because they're just, like, trying to figure out something fun to do. Yeah, I get that. So, for me, I'm just, like, I'd either go to bed early, wake up not hungover on the new year, and
1: have a productive day. So, Start the new year, right. Yeah. Um, Without The last time hangover. I did this,
0: though, was twenty 20- when it turned to 2020. Yeah, and we hung the out. Pandemic. No, I was alone in my apartment that I shared with Angie, and her and Austin went
1: out and i was alone what year did we hang out then because there was one there was one year was it 2021 that we hung out yeah it was because there's a year that i have a picture of both sirius and sieva in my lap and it's like a snapchat and it says like best day of my life or best way to start a new year or something with two dogs so
0: so that that was that
1: but um thanks for letting us
0: take a week off i think
1: well, I needed it. Yeah, to it was nice. It was nice, and like holidays are so chaotic and stressful in the first place. Yeah, so.
0: so it was just nice to have the week off. But we're back, and um, we're gonna be telling some new stories. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Sorry that was a little longer intro, but
1: I think uh, we never do it. So. No, I think it's okay to every now and then just kind of.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Should I get into it? Yes, ma'am. It is your turn. All I'm right. excited. Um, so today we are going to be talking about a pretty interesting story that I had actually never heard of, which I was like very surprised about. That's pretty rare. Considering like, A, there's like a Dateline episode about it and I've like seen and listened to most of the Dateline podcasts. So I was very surprised. Um, and it's just, it's a very like interesting story too. So I was like, it's so weird. I haven't heard of this, but, um, it was actually recommended to me
1: by Allie. Our sister? Yeah, our little sister. Okay. So... I'm, like, really nervous now, because there's a Dateline one that I've been working on, like, really steadily, and now I'm, like, really nervous that you've done it. Oh, my. God. That would happen. It would. It's happened to me before. (laughs) But
0: um, Ellie, like, never sends cases. No, she doesn't. So I was like, okay. Yeah, gotta do it. I gotta do it. So... And it's actually good, so... Okay, I'm excited. uh, There's a few different podcasts. That's what she sent. She sent me a podcast about the case, so I listened to that, and then there's the Dateline episode... So, we're going to be telling the story of Timothy Wicks.
1: Okay, it doesn't sound familiar. Okay, good. I don't think it's the same person.
0: Okay, Timothy Wicks was a 48-year-old living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in late 2001, where our story takes place. Surprisingly, I did not go into any geographical information about cities this week. Wow. <laughs> I know. And it's long, so I did good. Um, Timothy had gone to the Boston Berklee College of Music... Which is a very good music school where he studied drumming. After graduation, he returned back to his home state of Wisconsin and moved to
1: Milwaukee to pursue his dream of becoming a jazz drummer. I didn't know that drumming was something you could study in college. Like, I'm not being a smart ass. I like legit didn't didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, that's I mean, really cool. Yeah, that might make me sound really stupid, but
0: <laughs> um, I just think it's cool. During the day, Timothy painted houses so he could support himself, but at night, he would go to clubs and play and bars and play. Um, Timothy's friends told NBC News that he was, quote, driven by his passion for music, but also his devotion to friends, end quote. One friend, Tom Neary, said, quote, he would do anything for you. He would never hurt anyone or be malicious in any way. He always wanted to be good. He would just take everyone's word at face value." End quote." So, Timothy just seemed to be like an all-around good guy, he loved his friends, and he was just trying to make it as a musician. On December 26, 2001, Timothy had told his friends that he was heading to Canada with a fellow drummer named Dennis, who had arranged a gig for them up there to play, Um, He packed up his drums and drove north, and all of his friends were, like, super stoked and happy for him.
1: Yeah, because he's, like, following his dream.
0: Yeah. Um, He was following his dreams and seemed to be coming true. He was actually going to get paid, so it was great. Um, But after a few weeks, when none of his friends or his family had heard from him, they began to worry. Uh, They figured they would have at least heard how things were going by now. So they decided to contact the police in the suburb that Timothy had been living, the suburb of Milwaukee. Um, Kent Schunover was the detective assigned to the case, and I um, mean he admitted right away he didn't believe that there was even much of a case. Okay. Um, he was forty year old, forty eight years old, um, an adult. And in Wisconsin, a 40-year-old man has the right to go missing or disappear. Or not I'm contact so his friends.
1: sick of hearing that excuse. Like, um, it, I know it just feels like an excuse from police, right?
0: He said that there was no indication that anything was wrong, but Timothy's friends were persistent and eventually they were able to convince Detective Shunover to take a look into the case. His original goal was to just least at least find Timothy and put him in touch with his friends uh, to put their minds at ease. So the first thing that he did was he headed over to Timothy's apartment and talked to the apartment manager. Um, and thankfully, Timothy actually left a note with the apartment manager saying, like, if you need me for any reason, here's a number to call. Okay. So he was like, "Cool, this Planning is going to be." Mm-mm. No, Detective Shunover was like, "Cool." Oh, okay, got it, got, this got it. This is gonna be pretty easy. Like, he left a number. Yeah, <laughs> like i This is gonna take no time at all. Um. On the card was written, uh, "Dennis and Tim Wicks" with the phone number. So obviously, Detective Shunover called, and when he did, a man he, who identified himself as Dennis answered the phone. At first, Dennis told the detective he didn't know Timothy Wicks, and he was also and he also gave him a false name of Dennis Johnson. Red flag. This call made Detective Shunover very suspicious, so he did a little digging and found out the name and address that Dennis had given him in Bismarck, North Dakota were both fake. Oh, no. He then traced the phone number to Fargo, North Dakota, and this is when Detective Shunover decided to go back to Timothy's apartment and search for any signs of foul play, which he didn't find.
1: Which isn't, like, super surprising because he left willingly. Right. You know, like, he thought he was going to this gig.
0: Yeah. So... Um, He then decided to start flipping through some, like, files and stuff to see if he could find anything out that way. Um, and when he got to tax returns, he saw a name at the top of the page that looked familiar to him. The accountant's name was Dennis Gady. So, he saw Dennis, and he was like, Dennis was on the note. Yeah. This could be a connection. Yeah. So... Um, let's talk about Dennis Gady really quick before we get back to the story. Um, Dennis Gady also grew up in Milwaukee with his family. He never really got into trouble as a kid. Um, he was the youngest of five and the only boy.
1: It's a lot of sisters.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was into drumming just like Timothy was. Uh, when Dennis was 19, he married and opened a towing company. This is where Dennis was first introduced to police work and drug dealing. Um, oh. Dennis later worked for a Harley-Davidson dealer, and this is where he discovered motorcycles were being smuggled and sold in Europe. So Dennis began working as a confidential informant for the Milwaukee and Monroe County area. Dennis became a member of a local (laughs) motorcycle gang (laughs) and gave tips that led to the arrest of another one of the club's members. In 1987, Dennis started having troubles with the law himself. He was convicted of concealing stolen property, and a judge sentenced him to one-year probation. Despite this, the Marshfield, Wisconsin Police Department hired him as an officer in 1991 after he had come with high recommendations from officers in the
1: Mar- Milwaukee and Monroe County area. More than likely because he was a CI, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: from his like work that he did with them. Okay. Uh, less than three months after he was hired, he was fired for possession of cocaine and, and obstructing an officer. Great. Yeah. Three months. Solid. Wow. He was also convicted in 1994 for issuing worthless checks and in 1995 for being party to escape and uh, aiding a felon. So he helped a felon escape and
1: aided him. Sounds (laughs) like he's making some really good life choices.
0: Before his 1995 sentencing hearing, Dennis fled to Winnipeg, Canada, where he stayed for two years playing in bands. After two years, someone in the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club helped Dennis get a false identity, and Dennis officially became Luke Gang- Gangnan. Luke Gangnan was actually a seven-year-old, seven-year-old boy who had died in 1981.
1: Which is typical of how you get a yeah. fake ID.
0: In early 2000, Dennis was kicked out of Canada and returned to Wisconsin. When he returned, he
1: opened up a tax office, which is where he met Timothy Wicks. Okay. Do you know why he was kicked out of Canada? No. Okay just curious
0: i'm sure they kind of caught on to the scheme yeah in 2000 while in milwaukee dennis met diane frug who managed the building that dennis rented um to put his accounting business in okay Uh, diane had her young son who took to dennis immediately and not too long after the two met they were married in a courthouse this is again where timothy wicks met diane and their or dennis and therefore diane so all kind of connected yeah according to diane the two became
1: fast friends um dennis and um, timothy Timothy. Okay. yeah
0: they had a lot in common they both played the drums like you know
1: both wisconsin yeah people mm-hmm. both okay
0: also a lot not in common they
1: don't really seem like similar people but no tim timothy seems like a good dude and yeah. dennis just seems a little sketch
0: yeah But before long, Dennis, past troubles seemed to catch up with him. And in July 2001, a Wisconsin court convicted Dennis. But before he was sentenced, I don't know what he was convicted of. I didn't write that down. So I'm sorry. Whoops. (laughs) Um, But before he was sentenced, he skipped bail and headed to Fargo with Diane. Now, this did actually violate the custody agreement that Diane had with the father of her son. But she went with Dennis anyway. Oh, yeah, Yikes. Yep. Okay. So there's the background on Dennis and kind of how him and Timothy met and okay.
1: how everything ties together. So and now when the detective that's trying to find Timothy, whose name I don't remember, I'm so sorry. Ken. But
0: he Shunover, Detective Shunover. Okay.
1: When he is looking for Dennis and Timothy to try and like connect with Timothy, mm-hmm. he found that the phone was registered in Fargo, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So is that where is that where he like legit found them? Is, are, like have our timelines connected now? I don't know what you're asking. So like are we back to the point where Detective is talking to Dennis on the phone?
0: No, we already, he already hung up the phone. Dennis said he didn't know him and he gave him a fake name and address. Yeah, yeah. And then Detective Shunover traced the call, the phone number after that, and it was registered in Fargo. Okay. So So then he went back to the apartment and he looked through all the files and he found Dennis Gady's name. Okay. I just gave you information about Dennis Gady. Okay. So so
1: he, Dennis is still in Fargo. Yes. Is what I'm saying.
0: Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. um, Detective Shunover decided he was going to call up Fargo police um, since that's where the phone number had been traced to. And ask if they had heard of Timothy Wicks before. Um, I don't know why he asked about Timothy Wicks and not Dennis.
1: Yeah, that's weird. But maybe he too. just, like,
0: hadn't made
1: all the connections yet. But I don't know. Um, or maybe he's like, well, this Dennis guy, I know where he is. Yeah. And so maybe.
0: Maybe. Um, yeah. And surprisingly, the police department in Fargo had heard of Timothy Wicks before. Oh. They told him that Tim Wicks was actually currently under investigation in Fargo for embezzling from a business where he had been working as an accountant.
1: Oh, my God. It's Dennis pretending to be Timothy, isn't it? Well, let me get on with my
0: story and <coughs> Sorry. we'll find out.
1: Sorry, I just got really excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't make sense to Detective Shunover that Timothy would give up his dream of drumming to becoming an accountant in Fargo. So Detective Shunover decided to call up Tim's bosses and ask them about What had happened and what was going on at the accounting firm. Yeah. It wasn't an accounting firm. Sorry. It was a business and he was the accountant. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, His Fargo bosses said that Tim was a well-qualified accountant who had been placed at the company
1: through a placement service. Which also doesn't make sense because as far as we're aware, Timothy has never been an accountant. Correct.
0: Correct. They said that he was very personable and that it, he even played the drums. The placement service had even told them that Tim had passed his accounting tests with flying colors and he seemed to fit their role perfectly. But soon after, Tim started, things began to happen that weren't normal. The first sign that something was off was when they started to notice like $20 petty cash checks that were being made out. And then there was no like receipt to explain what the... Okay. the- petty cash was for the check was for yeah um then more and more money began disappearing um at one point tim's bosses realized that a check for four thousand dollars had been made out to petty cash holy cow um but the company didn't even have a petty cash account so they're like okay something's going on here
1: so that's a big jump from 20 to four (laughs)
0: thousand. so they looked to see where the check was deposited and found it out that it was um tim wick's account so they also found out that tim had given himself a christmas bonus that he wasn't entitled entitled to either so this is when the bosses reported the embezzlement to the fargo police department and they began investigating now this was uh, right around the same time that tim was reported missing in milwaukee and okay. detective shunover ended up reaching out to the fargo to police department okay so so all this timing
1: for uh, dennis is not great right
0: <laughs> So, when Detective Schoonover was talking to Tim's coworkers, he asked them to describe what he looked like, and they said that Tim was over 6 foot and over 300 pounds, and that's not what Timothy Wicks looks okay. like. So, the question became, who was pretending to be Timothy Wicks in Fargo, and where was the real Timothy Wicks? Well, it didn't take long for police in Fargo and for police in Milwaukee to begin to figure out who was pretending to be Wicks. It was con man Dennis Gady. I
1: also didn't t- take Detective Danielle very long to figure it out either. No,
0: <laughs> no but if I once have told you about Dennis yes. Gady yeah, before, yeah, yeah. you probably wouldn't yeah. yeah. figured it no, yeah. out yeah. as quickly. No, totally right. not, totally not. Um, no, remember when I talked about how Dennis and Diane fled to Fargo? Yes. Um, this is when Dennis decided to completely change his identity to his good friend Timothy Wicks. Uh now and this is
1: his second identity change, correct? Yes. Okay. That we know of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um now Dennis was Tim's accountant. So he had access to pretty much all of Timothy's information. Yeah,
1: all his records and he had his social security social number, security he had everything. And, yeah. Drivers' his license, credit card, like yeah. literally
0: everything. So this was really easy for him to do
1: no kidding especially because he's done it before the hard way yeah quote unquote hard way
0: and the crazy thing to me is that diane just went along with it that is nuts like what are you doing she just started calling her new husband tim (laughs) which is weird but whatever (laughs) not long after their move to fargo timothy called up his good friend dennis and told him he believed that someone had stolen his identity Now, this obviously concerned Dennis. He didn't want him to find out that it was actually him who had stolen his identity.
1: Holy crap. I legit thought Tim was already dead at that point. So,
0: to distract Timothy, Dennis told him that he had gotten a gig playing drums in Canada and asked him if he wanted to come with. So, obviously, Tim was like, yes, and they made plans to meet in Fargo right after Christmas and head north together. So... Tim headed to Fargo to spend a few nights with his friend Dennis before heading to Canada together. Uh, the first night, things were fine. Tim played with Diane's son, Josh, and seemed super excited about the upcoming job. But the next night is when something changed. According to Diane, about at about 8 or 9 the next night, Diane gave Josh a bath and brought him upstairs to go to bed. Downstairs, Tim and Dennis were drinking and hanging out. The next thing Diane says she remembers is that Dennis is waking her up in a panic. Dennis told her to come downstairs, which she does, and in the kitchen, she sees Tim laying on the floor. Diane said that there wasn't any blood that she could see, so she asked Dennis if he had, if they had just, like, drank too much. Yeah. And Dennis had, or sorry, and Timothy had, like, passed out on the floor. Um, And Dennis said, no, I shot him. Wow, Which is, like, very interesting because she didn't see blood right away. But I guess I've never seen... I haven't seen anyone shot. Thankfully. So I don't really know. Like, maybe that did happen. Um, now, apparently, Tim was still alive after being shot. Oh, my so God. So, Dennis had put a bag over his head until he stopped breathing.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Terrible. That is such a bad way to go. Yeah. Um. So, Dennis and Diane are both panicking at this point and I probably think for different reasons <laughs> I think yeah. Dennis is like what do I do now and Diane's probably like what the fuck <laughs> my husband just shot somebody
1: but then, then again her husband Tim just shot her her uh, friend, friend Tim. Tim
0: right yeah um so Dennis and Diane dragged Tim's body to the barn on their property um just so they could like figure out what to do The next day, Dennis actually went and rented a backhoe to try to dig a hole, but it was December in Fargo, North Dakota. So
1: I can imagine that went really well. ground
0: was frozen. (laughs) So then Dennis went to plan B, and that plan was to take Tim's body to a cottage that Dennis's family owned in Michigan and drop him into a cement sewer where he thought no
1: one would ever find him. So... What he does. That was not what I was expecting. Yeah. But it's a lot less gruesome than what I was expecting. Right. <laughs> so Dennis
0: used Tim's credit card to rent a U-Haul, buy an axe, gloves, and other items. Then the three of them hopped into the U-Haul and headed to the upper peninsula of Mich- Michigan. Wait, with, did they bring the kid? With Tim's body in the back. And yes, I did say the three of them. That would be Dennis, Diane, and Diane's young son, Josh. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fucked up. Isn't um, that shitty?
0: Yeah, I know. It's terrible.
1: What is Diane doing? Come on, girl. I don't know. I don't know. We're not
0: blaming you, but come on, girl. There had to be some, like...
1: She had to be, like... Like, self-preservation, Or, like, maybe, like,
0: brain... I don't want to say brainwashed, but, like... Manipulated. Manipulated. Like, I'm sure this wasn't a, like, great marriage. Probably not. Probably not. So, who knows? Yikes. Um okay when they got to michigan dennis couldn't find the sewer (laughs) so they went to plan c oh god they drove back into wisconsin pulled off the road somewhere and the two of them dismembered timothy's body there it is that's what i was expecting earlier yep they took his head and hands off the body so he couldn't be identified then it dumped the two of them dumped his body over a guardrail um i believe it was into a river uh I think they also tossed the head in the river as well, and then they buried the hands in the woods separately. Um, The three of them went to Milwaukee, where Dennis cleared out Tim's bank account and bought an RV, and then they went on the run.
1: Oh, my God. This poor little boy. I hope he just thought this was, like, some fun, crazy adventure. I hope.
0: I don't know how old he was, so hopefully maybe he was just even too young to, like,
1: register what was going on, but... Yeah. I'm I'm like envisioning that he's like seven year younger. I'm like, thinking I don't like know why, three but. or four. Like, okay, I think he's pretty young, but okay. I guess I don't I don't know. They I, never gave an age, no so. matter what. I just think he just thought like, oh fun, we're doing this new thing now. Yeah, I like don't know. it's just terrible. oh god.
0: Um, okay. Now it did not take long for police to find Tim's body and head along the Wisconsin Michigan border. Um, and it had been identified by dental records as Timothy Wicks. Um, I believe Detective Shunover. Don't quote me on this a thousand percent. Okay, but I'm pretty sure he went and looked to, like, when he was looking for Timothy, he looked to see, like, see if any John Doe's or anything had been found, mm. and he found this. John Doe was found around the same time, and okay. then he was like, "Okay, let's do the dental records." So yeah, I think let's that's double check. Kind of how they got to that. Um okay. yeah. They obviously pretty much knew at this point that the s- suspected identity thief was also probably the killer. So,
1: yeah, because otherwise, what a weird-ass coincidence that would be.
0: Right. And so, the search for Dennis Geady, uh began. It took seven weeks, but Dennis, Diane, and Josh were found at a campground in Nebraska Diane was charged and served six months for the violation of the child custody order, but she never was charged um, in connection with Timothy's case, like aiding and abetting after the fact. That's crazy. Yeah, never charged. That's nuts. She. That doesn't seem right. And at first, like she, they couldn't really pin anything on Dennis. Yeah. Either, for sure. Like they were. Like they ha- They've had evidence but they weren't like this isn't a slam dunk so yeah um they kept asking diane like you gotta help us you gotta help us you gotta help us we need your help like and after a year diane finally told police the story of timothy's death two years after diane came forward dennis was charged with timothy wick's murder he pleaded not guilty and went to trial in april of 2006 diane was the main witness of course, Dennis's lawyers tried to pin the murder on her instead. Shocking. Right. They also tried to argue that Timothy actually let Dennis use his identity. <laughs> like he like knew that Dennis was in trouble, so he
1: was like, just take my identity. Yeah, that's not a thing people do. Yeah. Um That's the dumbest argument I've heard in a while. Yeah. <laughs> It took the jury
0: less than four hours to, liber- to deliberate before finding him guilty. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Dennis did appeal his conviction, but the North Dakota Supreme Court rejected the appeal in 2007. And that is wow. where he stays today. That was wild. Yeah. I feel like I didn't mention, though, now that I like, just read through everything, how they connected, like how they got to Dennis Gady. Like they saw his name on the account form yeah and they talked to the boss like the co-workers and stuff yeah and they were like okay this um description matches dennis and he's the accountant and blah 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 like that's i think so i didn't really mention that so i wanted to just in case anyone was
1: confused that's how they got to dennis gady okay so yeah yeah that was wow good one al pal Dang. yeah so was a good request
0: i know i was surprised i'd never
1: yeah because like the name tim wick sounds familiar timothy wick sounds familiar but i would have never been like oh yeah this is what this story is ever yeah. i know and i never heard of it either so
0: the podcast she sent me was red collar okay um if anyone is interested let me pull up the episode name really quick um it's a pretty short episode. Uh, I should... Shorter. They're like 30 minutes. So. Okay. So
1: it's about as long as ours usually Yeah. Are.
0: Nothing too crazy. Not like the
1: two and a half hours that some of my podcasts are. <laughs> so it's called How to Steal a
0: Life okay. is the episode. Um, interesting. I'll then, have to start listening to that podcast. Red Collar? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like more... They talk more about like white collar crime. Yeah. So... That's, that's kind of cool though. Yeah. So, uh, my other... Um, sources were NBCnews.com, okay. TwinCities.com, BemidjiPioneer.com. Bemidji Pioneer, and, Yeah, Bustle.com.
1: I know, weird, right? That is really random. I know.
0: So, yeah, that's the well, I suppose story. Bemidji isn't
1: that far from Fargo. Of Timothy Wicks. Wow, good one. Thank I liked you. it.
0: I wanted to try to do a good one after my last shitty one. <laughs> shitty one,
1: so... <laughs> Hopefully it was... It was a good one. And your last one wasn't that bad. I think you're a lot harder on yourself than you need to be.
0: It was more of a mini.
1: That was my only thing. So. Okay. You just didn't like how short it was. It was like literally 12 minutes. Like it was so short. But yeah. again, you did your best with the information you could find. I did. Sometimes it's really... Sometimes it's really hard and to th- find information. Yeah. Like you th- you'll you like pull up a, a web page and I'll be like... Or like Google it and you'll have like 15 sources and then all 13 of them will say the same thing. Right. It's so. like, well, this isn't helpful. Right. So Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, our socials oh, are yeah. um MW Madness Podcast at gmail.com. Um, that is also our Instagram is MW Madness Podcast. And then we have the Facebook group Midwest Madness Podcast.
0: Cool. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed our first episode back for twenty twenty two and We will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.